your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to a Monday for me, a Tuesday of Lacrosse Talk PM, 608-785-7914. That's what the guy just said, the talking text line, if you want to call. Mayor Mitch Reynolds in studio today. He's, he's diving into the City of Lacrosse app looking for snow regulations, snow mandates. Do you have this app? Snow shoveling mandates. I don't. Oh, really? I, I mean, every time I go to the city website, it asks me to download it, and I have to hit the close button. And, hey, website, I'm on a desktop computer. I can't get the app. Jerks. I tell you. Wow. That's how we're starting. All <laughs> That's right. That's how we're starting. All right. Fair enough. Well, um, I, I mean, Brad brings in the Brad thunders in before you you get in here. Sure, uh, throws me the snow shoveling. It's a it's a, a board of public works deals with snow shoveling incidences or non snow shoveling incidences every Monday or every couple of Mondays, maybe once every month or so. Um, so, and we, we always put on the agenda to talk, and then we never get to it. But there's uh, apparently. 118 citations from snow shoveling or not from people maybe possibly not shoveling. Sure. So we changed our process this year for a snow for clearing sidewalks. So previously this has been handled by our building inspections, uh, community resource management. And, um, and instead this is now being handled by engineering. And what we were after was a more equitable way to ensure that not only the sidewalks were being cleared, but that, uh, folks were not uh, facing these enormous bills when they did not clear their sidewalks. And there was a process that did not, um, we, we didn't want to reward, we didn't want to have a profit reward motive uh, for this because we have a private contractor that clears the walks. But how we had, how it was set up previously was that uh, it didn't matter where, the contractors start, they would start in one part of the city and just start clearing walks instead of it being a more judicious process. And so we wanted to have something that, uh, again, again, we want to primary goal is to ensure that sidewalks are being cleared to, to make sure that we have accessibility, but we don't want, we don't want people to pay $600 to clear a corner walk. There's I mean, a balancing act too, yeah. right? Like, cause if it was $15, we'd be like, well, I yeah. could hire the neighbor kid for that. And I'm just going to leave so my sidewalk. We, we have a, you know, it's the, it's the rules are still in place within, you know, 24 hours after a, a, a snowfall. You have Which to, we're going to get on Thursday. I yeah. Think. You, you're going to have to clear your walk, but, uh, but we also want to make sure that we give people an opportunity to make good. You know, we, we show up, uh, there's door there. We put door hangers on. There's citations that you can that you go to municipal court. Um, we do have a if if uh, if the citation is issued and the walk is not cleared, and then then we send the contractor to clear the walk. And uh, it's resulted in some pretty good compliance actually this year. And we have the citations are frankly from my perspective pretty minimal compared to the types of. Um, to the the amount of clearing we had last year, but at the same time we are keeping the walks uh, relatively open, and and we're working through these citations in municipal court with our municipal prosecutor, and getting these agreements on in in place so that people understand. Hey, look, you know what? You have the citation, and uh, you know if you if you work 
if you make sure that we, you don't get another citation, you know, we might be able to clear the citation off the records here. So it's, it's, it's working really well, and I really appreciate the, the time and the work effort that's gone into putting this in, into place by the engineering department especially. Instead of having, well, we have the city clearing streets, right? Like the city has machinery to do that. Why don't we just get a guy with a four-wheeler and a blade, and he just does all the sidewalks? We just hire a yeah, guy. Bloomington, Minnesota does that. They have, they, the city clears all the sidewalks. They have, Bloomington, Minnesota is roughly the same population as La Crosse, but it has about half the amount of sidewalks because it's, you know, primarily a suburb, a drivable mm-hmm. suburb. So, so uh, but they do that. It, it would cost, we, I think we put some numbers to that last year and I don't remember exactly what they came out to, but it was, you know, a few million dollars. Back where my parents live, the, the suburbs, you don't have are, sidewalks, the subdivisions that are going up. Yeah. No, they, they don't have sidewalks actually, right. but there's not even really curbs. The sidewalks are just kind of like angled yeah. right into the road. So you kind of just, you paint the sidewalks onto the road. Mm. That would be a way to just kind of get a, get away from, you know, the responsibility of someone clearing their sidewalks. Sure. This is uh, g- groundbreaking stuff we're doing to lead off the show. It's amazing. It's really amazing. Um, 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. If you have questions for Mayor Mitch Rounds, you can stick around this hour. Um, stuff on my list here. Uh, city council election, there's six seats um, on the ballot. Only three are contested. I don't know if you have an opinion there. Um Conversion therapy ban, that's going through a lawsuit right now. I got the snow shoveling. I think we got we put the snow shoveling one away to, to bed. I think um, so. A week from now, uh, people in Huska Park need to be out of there uh, because you're going to start cleanup. Um, this one I thought was pretty interesting, and I actually screenshot comments because I don't, I don't exactly know where the comments come from, but the company store land, so the land by the, on the pike across from Pettibone, like across the road, right? Yeah, from the park. Yeah. From Pettibone Park is yeah. uh, so that that's gone through committee just uh, on whether to make it RV parking or maybe possibly it's going to be housing now. So that's on the list. Uh, well, I got a lot of comments. Look at how many comments there are in that. Wow, just a lot of comments. Yeah. Um, and then this thing's going through City Council this week uh, on Thursday. City housing study. Yep. So. Uh, using ARPA, which I think maybe might be the most interesting part of this conversation. So stick around. Mayor Mitch Reynolds is going to hang out. We'll be back. All right. Welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. Lacrosse Mayor Mitch Reynolds is in here. I'll vet these texts at the bottom of the hour. So if you want to text me, uh, feel free to do so, and I will read them at the bottom of the hour, and then we can go over them after the... At bottom of the hour news break, but um, okay. So as Mitch plays with both of his phones, he's like the ultimate. I don't know what generation is a always has their phone on Gen Z. Well, Mario. I was just looking up details for something that I was supposed to answer questions about, and I don't. I don't actually remember all the exact details. Right. So I'm trying to get this right because I don't want to get myself in trouble by saying something that's not actually true. Mitch pops in here six minutes before the show, and yep. then I throw 75 things at him. That involve numbers. That involve the specific numbers that I honestly just don't, and, I don't, and don't have then, those numbers uh, in front of me. Doing my best. You know, this is how I vote sometimes, Mitch. Yeah, I, I know, get my right? ballot, and I go, oh, there's, I don't know. there's this, a county board. This rhymes with... There's, yeah. a, there's a, a judge, two judges on, on the ballot that I need to look up. Um All right, so municipality funding, Governor Tony Evers and the Republican-controlled state legislature are, I think, trying to, what you call, work it out, work out a way to – there's two things going on in the state legislature. And I don't know how – at some point this will get old for me to talk about but because they're going to do this until July. Yeah. But it's also like they took eight months off of the year last year, the last eight months off. 
as they sat on what I call Uncle Scrooge's bin of money, the $7.1 billion budget surplus, yep. uh, didn't do anything with it because if the Republicans won their governorship, then they would do whatever they want with the money. So we decided not to do anything with the money was as, you know, when Scott, Scott Walker was in power, we gave some of that money back uh, as a child tax credit, 100 bucks to each parent, each kid yep. a parent had. But now we have $7.1 billion. So there's funding for – that's one-time funding. Yep. And then we have a system that we're trying to change in the state government where we use a one cent of the sales tax or one cent of 5% or yep. uh, something like that. I guess I, I have it wrote down. Evers, a Democrat, wants to fund local government with 20% of the state sales tax or one cent of the five-cent sales, sales tax. So um, – Okay. How, how confusing is this? How or is it helpful? Is it? Yeah, not really. I mean, I, I think that really what it comes down to is really trying to find an equitable way to fund local governments. And and the what the problem that we've run into is that the the model that is in place right now, uh, it, it really leads to a decreased level of funding for this from the state, even while the state. So the reason why there's a seven point one billion dollar surplus is that the state is taking in a lot of revenue. And it's taking in way more revenue that, than it's dispersing to local municipalities, which it's supposed to do. But under the shared revenue model that's in place right now, it's just it doesn't that 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 capacity just simply doesn't exist. And so what um, the League of Wisconsin Municipalities did was they they recommended this pro, this uh, this movement forward, where we would link the revenue to local municipalities with the sales tax. Now, yeah, the sales tax fluctuates, but we do have some we have some uh, things in place to protect from you know, shortfalls and things like that. But sales tax also increases every year, uh, the re- that revenue from that, which means that we can keep up our costs or how we can how we can adjust to the cost of running local government can increase over time. And that's what this proposal does. And it's twenty basically 20% of the current sales tax. Now, we, basically, we essentially, we give back all the shared revenue that we have now, and then we that's replaced with revenue from the sales tax. It's it it changes. It oh, the model changes completely. There's not a, like completely. a you're going to get twenty grand every year, and on top of that, you're going to get no. some of the sales tax. Oh, no, no, it's, no, all, it's, it's it, all going to be sales tax. And okay. then there there is again there. Are, but it's not sales tax within like the city of Lacrosse's no. sales tax, right? Okay, it's all the sales tax. Right. All the sales tax that is collected by the state of Wisconsin. That five percent, not the half percent collected by the county. One kitty. That five percent that's collected by the state. Twenty percent of that would be then sent to municipalities. Okay. And then you know and that. At that point, then we get to the point. Yeah, you've heard of the, Repu- uh, the Republican uh, legislators wanting to put in place a flat tax. Some of them, anyway. That's not going to be realistic. But what they're, what they're after is this, a tax cut to some extent, because uh, or or a tax adjustment, so that they're not collecting the surplus revenue every year, which is really what's going on. This solves a bunch of different problems. You're not collecting that surplus revenue. Um, you're also helping local governments provide the services that we need to provide, especially those those frontline services, emergency responders, you know, police, fire, the essential services that we provide through our utilities, as well as libraries and parks and all the other things. Is there is is fixing the roads in that just like a very broad like sure everything right, like the the, yeah, it, the city's it's, it's ability to fix the roads it's ab- would, would absolutely absolutely everything okay. yeah absolutely everything we just got to make the show about fixing the roads yeah no it's about all about fixing the roads uh it's always about fixing the roads yeah for sure and this is this is something and it's not just and, and governor evers you know he put he put out his uh his budget proposal and that's fine i mean that 
it's going to be tossed out by Republicans. Yeah, the talk is funny because yeah. they're like, we're literally going to toss it out. And start they're they're, they're going to throw it in the garbage and they're going to start just like they did last time. They're going to start from scratch. And so, but they are also on board with this concept. And it really comes down to how we get to that point where the two sides can, where the, where the, where the legislature can put in place something that Governor Evers will not veto. I love that the Republicans are throwing in the garbage. We're not even going to read it. And then they're like, whoa, you have the same-ish proposal on your... Oh, we didn't even know Evers well, proposed Well, I, I, mean, I mean, truthfully... some cliff notes. Yeah, I mean, truthfully, it was that, that, that one revenue proposal is one thing. There are a whole bunch of other items that Governor Evers has proposed that Republicans don't want to touch. Oh, for sure. So, but, but they it generally, in general terms... That revenue proposal from the sales tax, they tend to all agree on with some conditions. And so we have to figure out what those conditions are. We have to figure out how that's going to be divided among cities, towns, and counties. Uh, There's some other things that we have to consider. We also have to figure out what uh, Assembly Speaker Robin Voss is willing to entertain. I mean, it all really begins and ends with him. And so we have to figure out what he wants from municipalities and what he wants... uh, to make sure that we can provide sustainable revenue source for municipalities and for the services that we provide. I think that, I think it, that it feels like we're really close to having an agreement and it feels like we're really close to being able to get past this point where, so for the last, you know, last couple of budgets that I've been a part of, we've had to use those one-time funding from the federal government to fill holes. That's that, and that's not sustainable, obviously. And if we can do this, then we can, we can have a sustainable level of services in the city of lacrosse without you know without having to try to find ways to cut those services every year to make sure that we're uh, meeting our budget requirements using 20 percent of the sales tax yep. from municipalities will it be like a heart rate monitor where that funding would go up and down you yep. wouldn't know or is that already the case like we don't even know how much money we're to get year to year yeah i mean it tends to the sales tax tends to increase every year um, it's just, and, and really, and that's, and that's the thing is that it mirrors, it tends to mirror inflation. And so the great thing is, is that as our costs go up, the revenue also increases. Whereas up until for the last 20 some years, our costs go up, but the, the revenue remains stagnant from the right. state. And so we're at that point now where the, you know, the, the shares, the, the amount of money that the state to, to the extent that the state funds, for instance, local law enforcement is is dead last in America, uh, and so that's that's pretty bleak, and that's largely because the rate of funding from the state to local governments has remained stagnant for years and years and years. What if we funded municipalities like we fund schools, or do we do that? It's different. It's there are similar ideas and concepts with revenue limits. The school model isn't working, and it doesn't sound like a municipality. Do do we need to do the same thing for schools? Like, hey, we should do another twenty percent for school funding. Well, schools, you know, they're largely the school funding. Um, there's it's like the triple legged stool, but largely it's um, and you know obviously the funding comes in from different ways. Yeah, but I mean it also is based on enrollment. Yeah, and so as the funding, it's a I think it's a three year average or something like that. You have to talk to the superintendent about that, but I think it's a three year average for for enrollment. And so uh, as a enrollment decreases, and uh, then they have they you know they run into those funding right. shortfalls. Funding. So. What if we funded cities, municipalities based on population? Then you're trying to bring more people to live here. I mean, in general, that's. You know, more or less how it works. You know, no. it's, yeah, it is, there is, it's a largely a population that, see, we're, the, obviously there are multiple funding sources for cities. 
and we get a, a chunk of our funding for property taxes. Obviously, that's right. a, that's a big chunk of our revenue, and a, and a sizable amount comes from from the state. And uh, the biggest chunk is property taxes. Does that chunk go away then? When you said the sales tax thing would take over, all, would fund all for, of it from all of the for all the of the state. state funding. Okay, the state funding. Yeah, we still have property taxes in place, and but and we still have revenue limits in place. So we would not, you know, we can't. That's never going to go away. They're never going to agree to get rid of revenue limits, which means that there's going not going to be a situation like we were in, I don't know, 15 years ago when there was no limit to how much we could increase property taxes. There's always going to be a ceiling on that because the, the legislature is never going to agree to get rid of that. And so there are safeguards for property taxpayers. At the same time, the revenue increases uh, uh, to the city so we can more adequately fund services like fixing roads because we're carving out that sales tax revenue, that which is now just going into a big giant uh, piggy bank for the state so that they can use it on whatever, um, whatever programs they feel are necessary. Do you see any of that budget surplus money coming? Like it's one-time money, so hey, we we really could use it for this. I, or I that. think the one-time money is there's obviously there's a lot of ideas for that where the surplus is now, and I think our focus is less on that and more on the future and the sustainable model for funding. Um, and when I say us, I mean the League of Wisconsin Municipalities. We're all and and towns and counties as well. All of our associations are working on this simultaneously. Because we are all facing similar problems. I mean, it, it varies from place to place. Like, you'll have towns where they don't, they can't fund a fire and EMS at all because there's just no funding coming in in their direction. They just they can't afford it, or they're in these these um, these uh, deserts. Yeah, well, kind of. But they'll they're in these situations where they have these uh, uh, these cooperative uh, fire departments. You know, where there's right. multiple towns in a village and whatever in a city and these. And these fire departments keep combined fire departments, but there's just no revenue to support the, the fire and EMS service that they need. And so you got these re- response times like, you know, that run into 30 minutes before you get an ambulance. And so they're facing similar problems that we are. It's just it's in a different kind of a different kind of scope. So it's I think that we're in a pretty good uh, situation for hopefully finding some. Um, some path forward. I mean, the key for us is to make sure that we can maintain some essential services, but also make sure that we can have, you know, people in the city have for a long time, we, we, they, they love that we have three municipal pools, right? So those are the types of things that we want to hold on to. They love the fact that we have neighborhood resource officers. Those are the types of things we want to hold on to. They love the fact that we started this new um, community resource unit with the co-responder model for mental health crisis workers in the county and our police officers. We want to be able to hold on to those things. They actually have a huge impact on our community, but the problem is is that we won't be able to afford them in a sustainable way if we don't get some changes to shared revenue. Yeah, at this point, you're stretched thin on being of the... I mean, what kind of cuts are you thinking about having to make just in case this doesn't... It's all... Everything's on the table. Everything from, you know, like I said, from the... NR, and I hate to say it because NROs are... They do amazing work in this community, but that is one thing that what's NRO no. the neighborhood resource neighborhood. officer. Oh yeah. yeah, I was thinking. Oh yeah, okay. And then we're not we're not planning on cutting any of them. It's just that we have to make some hard choices in the future. And you know, our 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 field service officers are you know these are essential people that we need to have on the street at all times. And the neighborhood resource officers have are a luxury that we have as a community but something that we all want as a community resource. And so um, I, that 
uh, that, um, library branches. Um, again, we don't want to do any of these things, but reality is, is that some of these things may have to happen in the future. So, and then the other thing is, is that we're not our workers, our city workers, you know, the pay for those workers is not keeping up even close to where the, where pay has been for uh, people in the private sector with similar job skills. And, um, and it's certainly not keeping up with inflation. And so we are, you know, we're, we lose the workers, which means that we decrease the amount of services that we can provide, which means that your roads, you know, your roads don't get fixed uh, because we're losing engineers. We're losing, uh, um, you know, mechanics in the water utility. We're losing. The guy uh, that shovels the, the no, pothole that, patch out. That's, that's not, that's, a, that's, a, that's in streets. That's, but, a street yeah. that's not a city worker. Yeah, it is. Oh yeah. yeah. So yeah. you're not losing that guy? Uh, you know, there's those all, all those all those people are hard to hard to hold on to for sure. It's all about fixing roads. We'll be back. Yep. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four is the talk and text line. We're, we're reading the text here, but Joe is calling in. Mayor Mitch Reynolds in studio with me, uh, yapping away about how the state is going to change the funding plan for municipalities. Hopefully. Um, yeah, that, that was the one thing. Like, I, I ga- ga- gathered your opinion, but you're pro this versus oh, yeah. the model that. Oh my goodness, yes. I think I don't. I think there's universal approval from uh, municipalities, towns, counties, everywhere that this the, the process and the, the system needs to be changed. The League of Municipalities is yeah. that like the Justice League a little bit? Or is it, no, but but what is like is every municipality involved in that? Is it just is it just bigger cities or like? Tr- Rempolo, or the, I don't know, like how many, you know, I mean, these are numbers. That I'm yeah, so the League of Wisconsin Municipalities is villages and cities. Uh, I don't know how many, what the membership is, but it's hundreds. Is there uh, any that's municipality what the, be like, no, we're not going to be a part of that. The annual conference that was here last year, that's the oh, League yeah, of that's Wisconsin right. Municipalities. Yeah. Um, Joe's calling in, we'll go to Joe. Joe, thanks for holding you on with Mayor Mitch Reynolds. Hey Mitch, just wanted to say that, uh, you know, hearing the way that you're talking and the things you're doing, I just want to congratulate you on the job you're doing. Um, one of the things that really impresses me is my idea is I really love my national and state politics to be conservative, but I like my local politics to be a little more liberal. And I think that's where you get the best ideas. I mean, you don't throw flour and eggs in a bowl and get a cake. It's really the rolling over of the two ideas together that brings the outcome and I think that only works at having opposites between federal, state, and local. And I think you're really doing a good job for the city. And uh, keep it up, Mitch. I appreciate that. Thanks so much, Joe. All right. Thanks, Joe. Um, somebody texts in, are you going to run for higher office? I guess your your term's up in two years, right? Like exactly two years? I, I haven't determined what my future holds, frankly. Uh, I don't know if there is a higher office than mayor. That, oh, okay. look at that's you. Just, that's look about as good you. as it. That's about as high as it gets. Listen to that political answer. Yeah. Um, well, somebody's texting you about the homeless situation. We'll get into sure. that in a second. And then the other one was, um, oh, being that they are similar in size. This is a text from Sarge. Being that they are similar in size uh, and all three have interstates running through them, why is Janesville and Eau Claire seem to be thriving more than lacrosse? Okay, data? I don't know. Like, show me. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah. I don't. I I don't have anything. Seem to be thriving. What does that actually mean? And Janesville, really, Janesville? I don't yeah, know. I don't. That, that's not my perspective. But I mean, you you show me some numbers, and uh, and we'll see. I right. don't. I don't. I um, you know, there's obviously different demographics in each of our cities. I think Janesville has some 
uh, significant issues. Eau Claire has some problems. Uh, we have some issues as well. Uh, you know, we all, we all, all the moderately sized municipalities throughout the state of Wisconsin faces its own unique challenges. Uh, we're not immune from that. Um, I, 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 I challenge anyone to find a, um, a perfectly thriving community in anywhere in the upper Midwest that is uh, of a similar size. Uh, a week from now or so, about a week from now, maybe exactly a week from 15th, uh, you had set a deadline yep. for people in Husqvarna Eight days, yeah. to move the stuff that they own yep. essentially out of there. Yep. Um, I, I don't know. Last time, what what kind of reports are you getting from that movement? Because it's a week away now. Well, we, you know, it's interesting. The last segment we talked about the neighborhood resource officers. They've been our frontline workers in relationship to all things dealing with the homeless uh, around our community. And uh, the reports that we're getting back from them is that, uh, you know, their, their interactions, I think was, there might be 15 people down there at this point, um, and their interactions with them is that they understand they have to leave. They understand that they're, and they're, they're finding other places to, to go, and I don't know what all those entail. Some folks will wind up um, temporarily staying with friends and family and that type of thing, That's, which is what happens when, you're, uh, when, you, are, when you have an unstable housing situation. Um, but for the most part, there is a sense that um, that they will be the folks that are there will be finding other places to go, and that uh, they're going to will be able to clean the park uh, starting on the fifteenth. Um, it's really challenging right now because of the impact on the park uh, from the people being down there. Um, it's it's we've created a situation where it's it's holding water, and so it's it's almost it's now kind of a bit of a lake. And so it's really difficult to get in there and do any significant amount of cleaning. We're doing a, basically hand hand cleaning, so we're picking up things by hand. Yeah, I mean, it's and spring, some, but you don't yeah. want all that stuff to wash into the river, I guess, either. No, no, and it's different this year than it is in past years because of the impact on the soil. It's compacted the soil to the extent that we have, like, uh, again, we have more or less a, it's not a lake, but it's it's holding a lot of water, and so it's really difficult to get in, get in there and really do some significant cleaning right now. But we expect to be... On the 15th, we'll have our crews in there. Um, we'll be clearing out um, some of the the items, you know, getting rid of some of the items that are, frankly, garbage. And then the personal items we'll be tagging, uh, cataloging, and storing for the people and the individuals who have left that stuff behind. Is there, like, a deadline for, hey, you got to come get your stuff by... Because it's hard. If you don't have a yeah, home, you don't have a place is, to put your stuff, right? I don't... Um, I think it's 90 days, something like that. I think we hold it for 90 days. Um, what's the transition? Uh, what if we transition Huska Park into uh, like a butterfly garden, native plant garden? Now that I mean, we could start from scratch here. I mean, we, we talk about no mow may here in a couple of months. I don't know. Is there a plan for you know? Or are we just going to plant grass seed? Oh, uh, the future for Huska. Well, we're, we're going to. It's going to require some regrading. So we're going to put some soil in there. I mean, the future of Huska Park as it is now, or in the future, whatever that 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 rests. Primarily with the park board. Park board decides the future of Huska Park. And it's a nice. It's a nice park. It can be a nice park. There's, you know, we've had some ideas about turning that into an actual campground, and um, I, you know, I think that it has some great amenities that, that would support that. Um, so there's some possibilities for the future. I, you know, in the immediate future, we have to get it clean and we have to get it regraded and we have to get it seeded. Baby steps. Yep. What about Bob? Baby steps. I bring that up maybe twice a week. What about Bob? A movie from 20 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
So, well, a year ago, we were talking about converting this to a campground yep. at Huska Park. There was, uh, what, 100 or 140, 150 homeless people. Do we do we understand that those people are, are better off now? Are they on their way? Are they... Have they found shelter? I mean, did they did they all get jobs and find housing? Do we, you know, I'd, I've uh, I've emailed somebody on the county board that works with the homeless at a, one of the entities that works with homeless. But you know, yeah. in the five emails that I've sent, I've, I haven't gotten a response. So, hey, would you come on the show and update me? So I make you do it. I'm sure it's not you. No, I'm sure it's, it's, not, it's not you. Well, she's been on the show before. Sure. But, so yeah, and I I think that the you know there's not one solution to any of this, and there's not one. Um, there's not one experience of a homeless individual that's like any other. And so the, all the solutions are different. And we're, we're addressing all of those as if they're unique solutions. And so our response is both on the county and the city level. Uh, we're looking at long-term plans. We're looking at multiple plans to address housing needs, but also to address case management needs for the individuals who need that. Because it's, it's one thing to say, here, here's a place to live in, but if they're not ready for that, without having someone there to, to, you know, to do, to, to address issues that come up when you have, um, when you have mental health challenges or when you have addiction issues there, or you just haven't lived inside for a really, really long time. There's a lot of different factors and, and each case again is, is different. And so, um, we're we're looking at long-term plans with the county to address this, but um, for the as far as the individuals who were end of the season in Huska Park, a lot of those folks have been overnighting in Catholic charities throughout the winter. Uh, a lot of them have gone to Salvation Army and uh, have cycled out of Salvation Army into more permanent housing. Um, some have left the area. Um, it just depends. There's a lot of different stories there. So there's two things I want to hit on you, sure. and Chergoski, who comes on with me on Fridays, goes sure. Oblig- obligatory River Point district update. So okay. I want that's the I want to get to that first. But when you talk about housing, every this, Friday, right? He's yeah. on every Friday. Yeah, we just yeah, you, know, wow. you don't even listen to the show. Um, I just yeah, didn't know it was every Friday. Yeah, we yeah oh, we do okay. uh, all right every Friday. Um, there is the city council will be addressing this, the company store land. So I yeah. like to just call this land across from Pettibone Park. Sure. I always rip on some of the it's nice like, property. Our our like we we talk about this like Kentucky Fried Chicken has some of the best land in the city of La Crosse. Yeah, it's nice. You know, like some of the some of the river riverfront properties that we have here that that businesses have. There's a the old Perkins is now a used car lot, which is also riverfront property. Like what are we doing? Um this this uh talk that we're going to make uh this lot across from Pettibone an RV parking lot. Great. Not happening. Um, the also the uh, other half of this conversation is somebody wants to buy that and put up affordable housing. But I have a lot of comments. On, That's not true either. On the Facebook. So, oh, okay. So, so none thought, of that. None of that is happening. Oh, okay. Because yeah. it was like uh, somebody wanted to buy that property, put up, put up housing. Uh, did I say affordable housing? You did say like, affordable housing. Just housing. Yeah. Just okay. housing. Is that not true? Is it not housing? Yeah, that's I, we haven't seen any plans. We oh, okay. have there's someone that's apparently purchasing the property, but we do not have any plans. We have no idea what that looks like. And I don't. They know would people... have to go through a zoning process. We haven't. We don't have an application at all. What we had was an application from, uh, from the uh, campground owners. They wanted to rezone it so they could park their RVs there. Nobody has an appetite for that. Is there a rule there that we can't build something there? Because uh, the Facebook comments, nope. like somebody said, look at the original land grant for the donated land given to nope. the citizens of La Crosse for recreation. No, nope. Is there, nope. we can do whatever we want? Yep. Okay. Yep. Is, is that, somebody owns that land though? Yeah. And yeah. they want to put more RVs there. So, mm-hmm. 
No, it's uh, yeah, right, correct. Yep. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Okay. Yeah, nobody's gonna nobody's gonna agree to that. Okay. So what do we do with it then? You well, again, that's it's there is it is my understanding that someone is that there is an entity that is purchasing that property, and perhaps has plans to put housing there. We haven't seen any plans, and we don't have a zoning application, so I wouldn't be able to comment on exactly what that's going to look like. But it is really exciting. I mean, like you said, it's incredible. Pettibone Point is right there. That is that's incredible, beautiful housing right there on the river on the West Channel. That will be in that that spot right there is going to be another fantastic place. I mean, that all that incorporating that former Holiday Insight. I mean, it's all going to be fantastic. But, so, but here's the thing, right? The yeah. he'll bring a proposal if 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 and somebody buys that, and the city council will have to approve what you want to do with that land, right? Is that how that works? I mean, we have to we have to rezone it because what if he just wanted to build a giant mansion there for himself? I just want to put put this awesome mansion. I mean, we have to look at the mansion, right? right. I mean, you know, what <laughs> what kind of thing are we looking at here? Because because the city council is also talking about uh, housing studies using ARPA funding yeah. to to study housing. We, we need more housing. It's always yes. good to have more housing. Uh, affordable housing would be ideal. So if that housing, uh, riverfront property is not going to be affordable housing, but you well, know, there's a balancing act. Uh, and just to be clear, I mean, when we talk about affordable housing, there's a there's a definition for that. And that's that affordable housing is you, when you're spending no more than 30% of your gross income on, on, on you know, rent or, or your house payment. That's what affordable housing means. So if you're making... Um, a million dollars a year, you know, what is 30% of that? It's, you know, carry the one, $300,000. So that's affordable housing, right? 333, so, but yeah. Well, whatever, 30%. So it'd be... Oh, 30%. Yeah. yeah. So that's the same, you know, if you're, it's, 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 it's kind of the same thing. If you're, you know, it's, it's just a, it's a ratio. It's not, it's not cheap housing. It's affordable housing. It's affordable for each individual. So we want to make sure that when we're using affordable housing, that we actually understand what it means. But the affordable housing should be maybe like the average income of lacrosse and. Like- well, that's, that's different. So when we, when we look at um, low income housing or, or, or workforce housing, then we're looking at uh, uh, looking at what that means in relation to average median incomes. So an average median income for this area, and I don't know what that is off the top of my head. So the so River Point District, for instance, that's a really good example. Our first development that the development agreement going in front of the city council on Thursday really feel very positive about that. This, by the way, after 36 years basically of of of, mitig- of doing remediation at that brownfield well, how site. Many, and how many years have you covered the? You know what? We're going to really do something with River Point. I mean, over since, the yeah. since year one, since year well, one. How many years yeah. has that been for you? Yeah. So, um, in covering it, politics, you yeah. Know what I mean, so I, I would have to go back to my very, I guess, my very first news job in this area, which would have been nineteen, not here, but in this area, would have been nineteen ninety four. I want to say okay. nineteen ninety five. Nineteen ninety. Okay, so, so almost 95. all thirty years. Yeah. Yeah, and that was, it was in the works then. Right. So, um, but that is a that first development is going to be. Uh, Low, lower income and workforce housing, which means that there are going to be, and it's a 55 and older for the apartments, which means that, you know, I think that we start at 30% of average median income. Uh, so for, for a single apartment, that might mean that an, uh, somebody who's 55 and older might be spending, uh, I think you know four hundred, five hundred dollars on an apartment on a single or a one bedroom apartment. So city city council is going to vote on this this yes, Thursday correct. at the meeting. Yeah, uh, and that the would be the very building. and that's the very first one. It doesn't it doesn't mean that River Point District is going to have all low income housing, but this is the first building where we've gotten to a point where we can find a way forward to get this bill. Was that includes with the low income housing tax credits from the state and some other gap funding from the federal level. 
and then as well as using some TID funding, uh, which is what we intended to do all along. But we have other deals in the works for that for that as well. So at, I guess what I'm saying is that so if we go back to uh, across from Pettibone Park, that property there, you know, I, I don't think we're going to build a mansion there. My guess is that in order to uh, if this is a developer who wants to get a return on investment, they're going to put up some some and we're open to all kinds of things. Obviously, Pettibone Point is not it doesn't is not a low income. Those aren't low right. income properties. Uh, and my guess is that's kind of what's going to be on that. It would be awesome it. if we made it low income, like then they all get riverfront property. It'd be great. I mean, we live, to, to we live in a river town, pretty much. You're really close what, to the river, no matter where you are. Are you guys going to do the shovel groundbreaking thing on this first development in river point? Or I, I would imagine. So, I mean, gonna, we did, we did a, we did a groundbreaking for the river point district last year. I know, year but before, like you could do maybe like get a horse and ride it around. Just, Oh yeah. Like, I would you gotta be really celebratory. I would do that. This has to be really cool for you. You're oh, the mayor we, of this thing. That's we, been going it down is amazing. I can't tell you how good this feels. It is just truly, you know, one of the things that we did to get to this point was really change how we did development agreements in the city as a whole and changing um, to make it, to make it very clear that we need, we need to modernize how we deal with development agreements so that we can facilitate more development and do it in a way that ensures that property taxpayers or taxpayers in general are protected in the city of La Crosse. And that's what we've been able to accomplish this year and help this development agreement get to the point where it is. This is going to be a great deal for everyone. And it's the seed that will really begin a lot more development in River Point District. Once you build one thing and you have all of this now, now this land is ready to go. Now we have infrastructure that's going into place. We've got we have all the sewer and sanitary, or the uh, stormwater utilities going in. We got the roads going in. Where we have the electrical going in. Everything is going in there, uh, and so now it becomes a really prime place to build for all sorts of development. And I'm, we're just very, very excited. And I, I, I cannot be. It is. It's. It's. It's thrilling to know to to be at this point. You know, Pat Zilke envisioned the River Point District back in I think in 1987 or 86 or whatever it was. He was the one that thought, you know what we can do with this land? Let's do something really good with it. Let's make this. And so this long, this, you know, six mayors later, I, I get to be the one that's saying, let's go. Let's put this thing in the ground. Would you say this is your baby versus, like, I made fun of you when you first got elected. Yeah. That, and then, like, the Endlessly. lacrosse center, sure. the lacrosse center opened, that. the yeah. renovations. Yeah. But, like, but like Cabot, Mayor Cabot was yeah. kind of, like, took had, that was his baby. And sure. then. Um, there were some other things I kind of forget now, sure. but like, uh, you know, some of this development is this, you like, you know what, this is my, this is my baby river point. You know, it really we have other developments. Like sure. I mean, Kmart. there, there are other things that we're looking at. I look at, uh, so I was asked today by somebody about what is your biggest project going on right now? And I don't look at it as one project. I look at it as process. What we're doing is developing, we're creating better processes so that we can improve our city uh, in a lot of ways in terms of housing, but also in, in terms of how we deal with businesses in general and how we become a, a city that not only serves the people. I mean, my mission statement is to provide the highest level of equitable services to all who live in the city of La Crosse. And so to any way that I can get to that point, and that includes improving housing and, and increasing the levels of affordable and quality housing, as well as mitigating the issues that are related to the floodplain, because we, we still have hundreds of properties in the floodplain that we're dealing with, and we have ideas for that as well. And that's really excited about a development coming up uh, this week or this month that, that can point us a way forward for the floodplain on the north side, but we'll get to that at some other point. But I, what I, my baby, if you will, is changing our processes to make sure that we are advancing ourselves for the future. I don't have one 
Like, I don't have a lacrosse set. Did you just do a show tease for, like, next month? I did. Yeah, I did. Um, yeah, I did. I, I always make fun of the fact that when the high V went up, they put a Starbucks there. Across the road, there's a Starbucks. In the Target, there's a Starbucks. Yeah. When Starbucks eventually comes here yes. to go into Riverpoint, yeah. the city council will have – will the city council have to vote on everything that wants to go into no. Riverpoint? Or how no, does that it's work? actually the redevelopment authority because it's actually their land. Okay. Uh, the city council will have to vel- vote on development agreements, but the re- redevelopment authority, which is an independent body, actually owns the land, owns the property, and developed the plans that are in place for that property. So they're going to they're have to vote on – on the specifics of the properties that go in there. Is everybody renting then on River Point? Or do you buy? Oh, no, there's going to be all sorts of stuff there. There's okay. townhomes and there's going to be, you know, high-end uh, uh, buildings but that we've talked about. the land itself, will anybody own any of the land? Oh, yeah. Is that no, always ab- stay? Yep. No, absolutely. Yep. Oh, okay. Yeah, we're selling. The RDA is selling the land. And that's part of what, yeah, they're, they're recouping some costs with the land sales. As, and then is there, I'm just learning about, uh, sure. I'm just picking your brain. <laughs> and then is there stipulations? Like when we sold the senior center for a dollar to the city, yep. there were stipulations that the senior center, they couldn't sell the building, you know, turn around and just sell the building. Is there rules like that when I'm going to put up affordable housing in River Point for seniors or whatever, but like a year from now, now I'm just going to flip it to, you know, regular housing or something. No, there are limitations though. And it's typically 20 years. Okay. So you can only, and we have properties like that in lacrosse that have gone through that 20 year cycle and are now no longer uh, able to be uh, affordable or um, uh, lower market rate housing. All right. So odds that, because a Starbucks would go there if once it. Oh, there's probably going to be a Starbucks there. There'd probably be like three. I, I mean, I hope it's like, I hope it's all like, hey, we got like three different coffee shops there. That'd be fantastic. Right. But the, but there's somebody, some entity will decide whether or not something like a Starbucks could go there. Well, we're going to have commercial spaces available and okay. that's really not going to be up to the RDA. It's going to be up to the, the individuals who own the property. It's just like any other commercial space. Like it's kind of like Bell Square, you know, the R, the R, the uh, city isn't just determining which which uh, like that um, Shubies that we didn't we didn't say Shubies could go in there. That was up to the building ownership. So. Yeah, sure. Um, because once you deny Starbucks, then Popeye's Chicken is going to come in. <laughs> oh. You know, I got to get my publish. <laughs> All right, that's Lacrosse Mayor Mitch Reynolds. I appreciate you coming on. I, don't, I think I got to everything as I have like 20 seconds here to play with. Here's all the comments on that thing. That's nice. Um, that's a lot of comments. I know. Well, that was weird. Uh, city yeah. housing study. We're going to use ARPA money. Uh, we're going to approve that. That's that's a no-brainer. We're going to give... 14, uh, we, need, we need that information. Yeah, we need to have that information. When's the last time a city housing... Happened? I don't think we've ever done one. I don't think we've ever done a house, city housing study. Is that like, what? <laughs> like, yeah, kind of. Ever? I mean, we're, you know, we, we need housing. We have a good good sense for the types of housing we need, but we're really going to do a deep dive. All right. Thanks, Mitch. Yep. Thanks, everybody, for listening.